1: Today, we are continuing in our series of Summer at Journey. Anybody enjoying your summer? All right. Uh, usually, I remember summers growing up. I, I, was, I would look forward to summers because I would wake up uh, super late. I'd go to sleep early just to be able to wake up late. Uh, I mean, it was just my favorite time of the year. And, and, uh, and so I, I hope that you've been having a great summer. We are in a, currently in a series called Summer At journey where we're actually taking a vacation from vacation and uh, if you've been following us or if you've been part of journey you'll you would notice that we've been very active this summer with different activities different events and it's not even done yet we have some special things coming up as well we have man cave we have team conference we have just different things planned in store for you all and so just get connected to what god is doing but today we are we are continuing in our series of summer at journey and if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to go with me to the book of Luke chapter 5, and that is where I have felt led to speak for the next few moments. Luke chapter 5, and we're going to start with verse number 1. Uh, why 1? Why because it's the first number, so it's a good place to start normally, right? Uh, if you don't have your Bible, don't worry. We're going to have the verses here on the screen here as we read. Luke chapter 5, starting with verse number 1. And it says the following One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, also known as the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. In the future, Jesus would change his name to Peter and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've, we've worked all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And we're going to stop reading there for this morning. This morning, for the next few moments, I want to speak to you over the title of Faith and Fish. I want you to look to your neighbor and tell them, favorite neighbor, faith and fish. Faith and fish. By a show of hands, how many people here have ever gone fishing before? All right, we we have a good number here, obviously, right? It's Florida. But uh, you'd be surprised, right? How, how some people might not might not enjoy that. I personally do enjoy fishing. Uh, I, you know, I have to admit though, I don't go as often as I would like. And up until 2011, my experience in fishing was very limited. But on the occasions that I had had a chance to go to, you know, I would I would go with friends or with family, maybe to a peer maybe to some large rocks on the coast, maybe to even a bridge. But in 2011, I had a whole new experience in 2011, April 26, to be exact. You can thank Facebook for that notification reminder. You ever get those just like, Hey, this year, four years ago, you ate spaghetti. You're like, why, you know, Hey, you posted it. Um, I remember April 26, 2011, we were in Miami, Florida. My wife's side of the family and the majority live in Miami and in Cuba. And we were in Miami. And I remember that days prior to that Saturday, we had uh, made some plans to go fishing. And it was, you know, I volunteered to go because it's fishing. Little did I know we were actually going to get on a boat and actually go into the water, which is something totally new for me. I was enjoying it as we were going fast. I mean, the air was just blowing. I mean, it was just so much fun. The sun was out. I remember we stopped moving, and that's when I began to feel something. Because, how I many, if you've ever been on a boat, I mean, you know, as you're, when you're moving, you're, you're good, right? But it's when you stop moving and you're just kind of riding the wave and the motion, that's when you begin to feel something. I began to feel something, and it wasn't Holy Spirit, it was something else. And I remember, uh, you know, I remember even them, they, they were like nothing, though. Like everybody else, all the other guys were there. They were just, they were eating food. Like they were just dreaming. They were just having a good time. And, and I remember they were offering me, hey, you want something to eat? And I was just, oh, no, I'm good. Like I, I had such a big breakfast, I can't even eat anymore, which was absolutely a lie. I was just afraid that if I would have ate something, it wasn't going to stay down. I remember that, hey, we, we put our lions out into the water. And out of the group there, we weren't many. But out of the group there, I was definitely the beginner. I was definitely the one who was everything was new. And so I, you know, I throw my line out, and, and a few moments later, to my surprise, out of all the lines that the fish could have taken the baits, mine begins to tug. Mine be- I began to feel my line move. I began to feel some pressure, <laughs> and I began to I, I began to just get. I was in shock for the first few seconds, but I began to say, "Hey, whoa!" I got something. I got something. I began to feel like the line was just bending. And I was like, man, this thing's got to be at least six feet long. I don't know. I can imagine there's something down there. I got up. I stood up. And I finally, I struggled a little bit. I finally took out this, this monster, this fish and no lie. This fish had to have been like this big. I was I was gonna exaggerate. I was gonna lie, but yeah, we we have proof here. So that that's that's probably enough for like four fish sticks, if 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 you want to calculate that. But but there we are. We're we're out there in our Miami Beach, and there's my monster of a fish. Hey, I had bragging rights because I caught the very first fish. Oh, man, I, you should have you seen me. I began, to, I began to, to taunt them. I began to joke with them. Hey, you know what? Hey, you know, let, let me teach you what I did, right? Like if I was the expert, hey, hold it like this. And I was feeling really, really good until my uncle, he caught a fish, and his fish was a lot larger than mine. Then I, got, I just got mad, and I said, why do you got to show off like that? We were out there, and we were, we were enjoying ourselves. And, but I, I, I was so excited because I caught a fish, or half of a fish compared to that one, right? Um, but I caught a fish. I can't imagine what Simon and the rest of the fishermen were experiencing, the emotions they had when they didn't just catch one fish. They caught a whole multitude of fish to the point to where their nets are breaking and ships, or boats rather, are sinking. If I got excited just for one, I can imagine what they began to experience, the joy, just the shock, the overwhelming feelings that they had. But as we read in, the, in this morning's text, I can't help but also notice that they almost missed out on this great catch. They almost missed out on this opportunity of a lifetime. They almost missed the fish. They almost missed out on this experience. How do I know that? Well, in verse two, we just read that when Jesus walks into the scene of this story, the boats aren't into deep water. The boats are rather on the shore and the fishermen. They are not just they are not just, uh, you know, uh, getting ready to go back into water, but rather they are washing their nets. They're washing their nets. I can imagine they had very much larger nets, but nonetheless, that sign of of them washing, of their their boats tied up, those were signs that, hey, it's over. In other words, I quit. Hey, we we tried everything we could, and and, man, we, we didn't use anything. I mean, we've tried to do this before. I mean, we did what we've always done, and hey, I mean, just, I guess today wasn't our day, so... It's time to pack up things and just go home. And, and, and I've, you know, I, I, I don't think that we should be too quick to judge them, because have you ever felt like quitting? I know I have in my life, different stages, different moments, different because of different issues, struggles, obstacles. There's been moments where I've wanted to throw in the towel and say, you know what, God? I think you made a mistake when you selected me. I think you made a mistake when when you allowed this to happen. Or why is this going on in in my family? Why is this happening right now? Or or, I thought I was going to go to this school. And you know what? Maybe you've come into this place, and on the outside, you have a smile on. On the outside, you have your hair done, your nails did. I mean, you just look phenomenal. But on the inside, maybe you're... Also washing your nets in a situation that maybe you thought was going to be resolved by now, but it hasn't changed yet. Or maybe in a relationship that you know that you've been working at and you are just like, you know what, I just don't know what else to do. I think I'm just going to wash my nets because I quit. Maybe it's a relationship with a child. Maybe it's your finances or your health. You just thought they were going to be different by now. And you know what? It's taken some time and nothing has changed. And today we find ourselves washing our nets. Maybe you find yourself like Simon and, and, and the other fishermen in a low place in life. I want to encourage somebody with the following this morning. That it's oftentimes during our lowest moments where God reveals his greatest glory. It's often during those difficult moments, those things that that bring us down, the pressures, the responsibility, whatever it is that just move us down to a place where, hey, I just can't move any further. I, I think I'm going to quit. It's oftentimes in those low moments where God reveals his greatest glory in our lives. It's when we're extremely sick, when God extends his hand of healing and of power and touches our bodies. It's at the last moment where, you know what, we didn't think things were going to change, but all of a sudden they do, and, and, and we have our provision. If you haven't realized this by now, you probably need to understand the following, that when ser- in serving Christ, uh, our timetables, our, our time, our clock, God's clock with our clock, they, they always are not going to, to match up. In other words, he's not restricted to follow our time schedule. He's not, he's not restricted to show up when, when we want him to, but rather when he most uh, feels fit to do so. Just ask Mary and Martha, brother of Lazarus, who in Scripture, the Bible says, he became very ill, And so they go and they send for Jesus. Jesus had a previous relationship with them. He knew them. He loved them. They go and they send for Jesus. And and to our surprise, when reading the text, the Bible says that Jesus, he takes, in other words, he actually takes his time to get to where he is. And he arrives after Lazarus has died. Four days to be exact. By that time, the body's been wrapped up. By that time... He's already in the tomb. By that time, they already have a stone rolled in the doorway. By that time, everybody thinks this is a hopeless case. But Jesus shows up to the scene, and he asks them to remove the stone. And with one command, he brings Lazarus back to life. And this miracle astounds everybody there in presence of of what they're watching. And and, and I believe that's a perfect example. How You know what? God has the last word in every situation. Even when we think it's done with, even when we think that, hey, it's been wrapped up. Hey, you know what? The rock's been rolled over. You know what? There's nothing else that we can do. God has the last word in every situation. How many people can say amen? I can remember times growing up, my mom's health struggling. My parents' relationship uh, on the hinges. Uh, things going on with my brother. I mean, just personal things where I just didn't know how things were gonna how things were gonna work out. I remember my tuition for Bible school. I remember not knowing where my finances were gonna come from. Make a long story short, my tuition for Bible school was paid was paid uh, completely by strangers, people who I some I haven't even met to this day. who just felt led to sow an offering into the life of a young man who simply wanted to go into bible school a case where i thought you know what there's just no way this is going to happen god made a way let me remind you it's often during our lowest moments that hey you will see god's greatest glory in our lives and so this morning if if you find yourself washing your nets if you find yourself hey on the brink of just throwing in the towel Don't do so quiet because Jesus is here. His presence is here and he can heal. There's nothing impossible for him. I believe that in this passage, there are some valuable lessons that we can also learn from. If you have something to write with, I would encourage you to take down the following notes or at least take a photo of the following screens. But there are three, very quickly, some some lessons that I believe will minister to us. Number one, it's not about what we have, but who we have in our boat that makes a difference. It's not about what we have, but it's about who we have. Simon goes back into the deep water. Nothing has changed. It's the same water. It's the same body of water. It's the same location. It's the same equipment. It's It's the same boat. Everything's the same with the exception that now he has somebody different in his boat, and his name is Jesus. It matters who you have in your boat. Your boat is your life. We've got to make sure that we include, that we're following Jesus with everything that we do every single day of our life. And then not even just Jesus, but even we've got to be careful of the other people that we allow in our lives as well. Friends or voices, people who speak into us. We don't need any more negative voices. You and I don't need any more negative voices in our lives. We need some positive voices. We need people who are going to encourage us. We need some people who are going to lift us up. Who are going to just tell us, hey, you know what? You got this. You can do this. Don't give up. We've we got to be very watchful of the people we allow into our boats because it matters who we have in our boats. Secondly, blessing follows obedience. The blessing of the multitude of fish, the blessing of catching all this enormous amount of fish only happened after Simon obeyed. And if you notice, is Simon tells Jesus, hey, we've already done this before. You're telling us to go into deep water, but we've already done this before, but hey, we'll do it again. And I think that, that, that allows for a question for each and every one of us today, and that is, hey, are we willing to trust God to obey him to do things when it doesn't even make sense? Hey, God, I know you, you want me to do What? You want me to go where? You want me to sign up for what? You want me to give what? You want me to say what? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Your emotions are saying one thing, your mind saying another thing, but you know what God is telling you to do? Are you willing to trust him even when it doesn't make sense? I believe that if we say yes to him every single time, that's where we'll see the fish. That's where we'll see the greatest catches. That's where we'll see and we'll experience the greatest experiences of our life. With Jesus. We've got to put out into deep water. How many know that there's a difference between the shore and the deep water? The the shore is often time for babies. It's, it's, it's for the, the smaller children. It's for just just to get a little bit wet, right? I remember there was one particular time my brother and I, we it was just two of us and our family, we were at the coast and we were in the water. We were like the water was like up to here. I mean, I'm not very tall to begin with, right? But the water was like up to here. My dad is laying on, on, on one of the, the beach chairs and he's resting. All of a sudden he opened his eyes. He sees that my brother, he sees that his kids are, are, are in the water and the water's like up to here. Man, he gets frantic. He says, hey, get up, man! Eh? Joey, Nathan, get up, get out of there, get out of there. Come back to shore. We actually were on shore. All we actually did, we stood up and the water was like down here. Why? Because, you know, there's there's, oftentimes that you want to just get a little bit where You want to relax. You you want the kids to play. You allow them on the shore. But hey, if you want the good stuff, if you want the bigger fish, if you want the greater catch, you've got to go into deep for that. You got to get away. You got to get away from from the shore quite a bit. Are you willing to trust God to do things even when it doesn't make sense? And I pray that this message, not because I'm the one sharing it, but because the Holy Spirit is the one ministering it to you. I pray that, hey, throughout this week, man, you, you, the Holy Spirit reminds you of these statements. Hey, I, you know what? The next time he prompts you to do something. Hey, if he's asking you to do something, just do it. Number three, God looks for availability, not ability. Availability, not ability. This miracle, the the reason why Jesus was able to minister to the multitude, the reason why the the, the men, the fishermen were able to catch this this great amount of fish was only because there was a boat available to be used. And I can imagine Simon, and this is is interesting to note that Jesus doesn't ask Simon to to get in the boat. Jesus just gets into the boats. It's almost like if we left the park, if we left today and we just got into a random person's car, like that's just a little awkward. Like that's not the first way. That's not the, that's not the proper way to meet somebody for the first time. How many of you know that? Hey, why are you in my car? Hey, it's a nice car. Um, the Bible said the Bible doesn't say that he asked for permission to get out. He just gets into the boat and then he says, hey, let's go out to the water. But he uses his boat, and I can imagine that maybe he would have asked Simon in the beginning, hey, can I use your boat? Maybe Simon would have said, well, no, you know what? Mine's not as nice as the other one, or my boat isn't as large as the other one, or mine's not the newest, or mine doesn't have the fresh coat of paint. Mine's not as new. It's, 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 It's not full. It's actually very empty. But I think it's so interesting to note that I think that that is exactly why Jesus chose that boat, because it was empty. And I think that if we are not careful, often in times in life, when, when, when we feel the, the prompting of, of, of God to, he want to use our life. If we're not careful, we'll begin, to, we'll begin to, to discount ourselves. We'll begin to disqualify ourselves for the same reasons why he wants to use our life. If you've been been feeling empty, you've been feeling like you don't have it all together. If you've been feeling like, you know what? I don't have much to offer. He's not looking for ability. He's just looking for availability. All he needs is one yes. All he needs is one boat. All he needs is the life of one individual that he can use to bless not only the people around him, but that individual themselves. He's just looking for availability. Are you available today? I'm here to let you know that your life was created to be a blessing for others. And I pray that this week, I pray that this week you, you you would, you would, the Holy Spirit would allow, would remind you of, of moments to take for opportunities to be a blessing to those around you. Maybe it's at home that you're going to be able to bless this week. Maybe it's at your workplace that you're going to be able to bless this week. Maybe it's just hanging out with your friends, and there's going to be an opportunity. You're going to be able to bless them. And, and maybe it's just a word that you share with them. Maybe it's something that you physically give or something that you say or something that you just do for them. You just feel led to do. But I believe with all my heart that we have been, we have been created not just, to, not just to receive a blessing, but also to be a blessing. The Bible says that Simon calls the other boat, says, hey, this blessing is too big for us. It's going to take us down. And there was just enough blessing for everybody there.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.